Hey, this is Diana, the Bard of Hudson. What the heck does that mean? A bard is just a storyteller. So here I am to share stories with you. What was it like growing up in the 60s and 70s? Did I really meet Bob Marley on an airplane? I hope you enjoy listening to my crazy life and that it inspires you to share your stories in some way. One great way to share your thoughts with me is through my Patreon page at patreon.com slash Diana the Bard. There you can see the photos and written materials that enrich my stories with visuals. Please check it out. And wherever you're listening, please rate and review and share the podcast. I'd love to hear what you think. At the end of the day, human connection is all we have. Enjoy. Hello, friends. Welcome back. Thank you for being here. I think of you guys all out there, and I think of you as my friends, and I hope to someday talk to more of you. It would be just wonderful and make connections. I wanted to tell you, friends, that I have an exciting piece of news. Yesterday, I got into another residency that is going to be on Crete. So I am going to journey back to that land that I have not visited since 1979. Oh my goodness. And I'm, I wonder that being Crete, has it changed all that much? Does 40 years make that big of a difference in a country that has lasted for thousands in many of the same traditions? I think that that whole culture of mythology and stuff is still very much there. So I am so excited to explore that land again, and I'm going to this residency that's in a little town up in the mountains above the southern shore, and I'm going to write, and I'm going to turn this podcast into a novel, and I hope that one day you'll have it in your hands and be like, wow, cool, I was there for the whole ride. Yeah, so do it. So go to the Patreon page and help me out. That would be amazing. Okay, so that's my news for today, and I'm going to take you back to that crazy and confusing time in Atlanta. Oh, after my brief stint as a polygamist. (laughs) Oh, God, yikes. Uh, Anyway, it was, you know, a madness that had to come to an end eventually. I knew it did not have a long shelf life there. So... I stopped dating all those guys, and this was right before Christmas. So that was a brief blaze. It was really nuts. Jim had pretty much put an end to it, but it was weird that that whole idea of having to choose stuck with me as a thing, even though I had fought it and I was snarling like an animal in a cage when they told me that. Not that they told me, you know, when he told me that. I had that idea in my head, like, yeah, you know, maybe it's time. I need to finally decide whether this is what I want to do, whether I want to get married and I want to have an exclusive relationship. I had been talking about marriage, albeit with a very different person, for all of those years. Well, all of those years, since I was 20, 21. And it's strange because when I was younger, when I was a kid, I had always said, oh, I'm never, never getting married ever, ever, ever. But the idea of family was one that I kept coming back to. And I went over and over in my mind, what do I want from all of these relationships? 
Do I want family? Can I see myself in some other family as one of the heads of the family? You know, what does family mean to me? And that was a big exploration then. What does family mean to me? Hence, what am I searching for? My grandmother was still alive, and she was definitely what I would call the matriarch of our family, and she was a gathering point for all of us. You know, we checked in with her in terms of big events in the family. She was the North Pole of our family group, and, you know, as much as I couldn't see myself as an old lady, you know, but I guess I wanted that. That is what I wanted to inherit that position, that idea, that my family would rally around me at some point. It's interesting because I, you know, along with saying I never, never am getting married when I was a little kid, I also said, oh, I'm going to definitely die before I'm 40. (laughs) That was a thing, you know, that I just believed. Like, I could not envision myself older than 40. It just seemed impossible. And I guess that's because that's about the age that my mom was, you know, at the time when I was really starting to think about these things. And she was the model that I had in front of me also in terms of marriage. So my ideas of marriage as a kid were that marriage fails. You know, these were the examples I had all around me, except for my aunt and uncle. We will get to that later, but marriage fails. My grandmother had had three husbands. Her sister Mary had four Her sister Jean had two. My mom tried marriage, which was crazy, and it didn't work. And so what was I modeling my life on? So if I wanted marriage, was it a crazy want? Was it something that was destined to fail? Did I want to bring somebody else into this thing with me that was destined to fail? It was such a quandary. So that was in the back of my head through all of this mess. And Jim was definitely done with me, right? Tom would go back to his girlfriend, his serious girlfriend. Zia would go home to his family's plans for him at some point. So could I start over? Could I start with another guy there at the Portfolio Center? But I guess I felt like I had poisoned the drinking water there, you know, like, okay, no, I I have established my reputation as somebody who toys with people, and this is not going to happen here. But Dave, Southern Dave, Charlotte Dave, hung in there. He had definitely gone all in. And though he said he understood, and he absolutely forgave me for all of the crazy things that I had said, and told him about myself he was like it doesn't matter that's not you you're just judging yourself very harshly and he kept leaving me notes in my studio just to say hello like hey I stopped in and you know was thinking about you and wanted to see you and then he'd leave flowers in front of my door to tell me that I was beautiful and wonderful despite everything and to speak wistfully of the things that might have been I didn't know what to do with that. And I was resisting that because I was like, I'm just going to hurt him. It's awful. I don't want to do that. So I started hanging out with this other guy, Britt, and not in a romantic way, but we were just hanging out and friends because I craved male company. I just, I love it. And I still, to this day, my best friends are women, but I have few of those. And I like to concentrate that time with women to people that I really trust and really 
you know, get a lot from the relationship in terms of give and take and ideas and support and all of that. But I don't, I'm not one of these people that has a gaggle of women around me all the time. The casual friendships that I seek out are those with men. So I was hanging out with Britt and he also had a serious girlfriend back in Lafayette, Louisiana. And I was like, are all these people who have come to the Portfolio Center people who are in the middle of serious relationships and they've come here for their final days as a single person or something? Is this like some kind of weird failed relationship purgatory or something? It was (laughs) bizarre that everywhere I turned, this is what people kept saying. Oh, yeah, yeah. Somebody's waiting for me back home. What is this, like the army or something? It was nuts. In any case, I really wanted things to be lighter and sillier and funnier. So this was a time when I briefly got into magic mushrooms. (laughs) And uh, so Britt and I, one afternoon, we decided we didn't have any work that was pressing. And so we were like, yeah, today's the day for shrooms. Let's do it. And I had dropped my puppy Max off for a grooming that was supposed to be extensive. I didn't exactly understand the nature of it, but I knew that poor little dude needed some care and TLC there. So I dropped him off, and then Britt and I decided we would sit outside in the sunshine and do some shrooms. Of course, they last a lot longer than you think. They always do. And while we, like, ordered pizza and we we reveled in the tastes and we did silly things, things you know rolling the grass and like oh and look at this oh my god the green is incredible blah 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 it was so nuts and then at one point it's in the middle of the afternoon and we're still buzzing on these things and I was like oh my god I have to go and pick up my dog no way and Bert's like oh I'll come with you and I'm like oh my god no and I was like yeah but I shouldn't go by myself because I don't know okay Kids, don't drive when you're doing drugs. But I got in my car, and it wasn't that far away. It was just like maybe about a mile or two down the road. Got in the car, and at every street corner, there was some other thing that was ridiculous and hilarious. So we must have been driving at like 12 miles an hour because everything we looked at was so funny. Britt and I were just cracking up like insane. So we got to the groomers, and I was like, Bray, you are not coming in here. You stay in this car. And so I went inside, barely holding my giggles together, and I was like, Hi, I'm here to pick up my dog. And they were like, oh, yeah, sure, Max, blah, blah, blah. And he had been this scruffy little dude, you know, the whole time that I'd had him. And I got out my wallet, and I'm like, I'm going to make it. I'm going to make it. It's going to be okay. I'm ready to pay. I pulled out, I don't know what, however much that I thought it was going to be. And they bring Max around the corner of the desk. And he had this huge, ridiculous, blue, fruffled bow on him. And he was cut in such a funny way that I didn't recognize him. And I was like, oh, Max, you look so funny. And I just cracked up, threw money on the desk, and went running out to the car like, I can't take it, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. And I was just laughing so hard, put Max in the car, and we took him back to my apartment, 
And for the rest of the afternoon, however, because you know that feeling when your dog gets groomed or when you give them a bath and their hair is just so soft? After that, Britt and I just sat there in the sun petting this dog for what must have been two hours. It was ridiculous. And Max was like, this is great. I love this. Sure, anytime. But I definitely had to get rid of that blue bow because it was too much for me. Oh my goodness. That was a funny, funny time. So I made it through to Christmas and I drove back up to New York to see my family. And I went home to finally muster my courage and break up with Dave once and for all. I knew that I wasn't good for him and I wasn't being fair to him and I was treating him very badly and that being still tied to him was clouding all of my judgment and that we couldn't possibly recover from all of the things that had happened while we were apart. It just didn't make sense anymore. So we had a rough conversation and uh, break up. I know we were sitting in my room and I know that the two of us were both heartbroken. Heartbroken that we had had these dreams for this union and uh, they were not going to come true. And unfortunately, we lost touch for a while after that because it was too painful. And so I didn't keep up with what happened to him. I heard later that he was getting married and to an Italian girl. And that was like, oh, good for him. That's awesome. And he had a son. And and I feel very blessed that we're back in touch now. And I saw him a few years ago uh, with another friend of ours from the Birdman group. And it was just so fun to hear his voice again. I also had seen him before that, but fleetingly. But uh, we're back in touch. And that is really nice to be grown-ups and talk to each other again now. I'm very grateful. And, and I'm very grateful to be back in touch with some of the other Birdmen now. We had a Birdman reunion maybe 10 years after we graduated. But we, you know, haven't, I haven't seen too many of them really very often. But I will tell you more about that and more about the decision that I finally made in favor of family, to choose family and stability and clan and start rebuilding that on my own with the family members that I would choose to rally around me. That's where I leave you for today. Thank you all so much, and I'll see you next time. Want to make some juicy passive income but don't know where to start? You need to check out Girls Trade too. Girls Trade 2 is an online community of women learning to trade in the stock market so they can boost their savings and get off that dang hamster wheel of work, work, work. So if you want some help figuring out the stock market, check out a free web class at girlstrade2.com. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to connect, you can find me on Instagram at Diana the Bard or on Facebook at Diana Green. And check out my Patreon page at patreon.com slash Diana the Bard for photos and other fun additions. And if you're enjoying the podcast, please subscribe, share, rate, and review wherever you're listening. It makes a world of difference and helps others to find the show. I'd really appreciate it. Thanks so much. Bye.